2: Send me up at buffet. on vSAN, the sports betting network
3: welcome back it is our number two here on a football friday the lombardi line hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings network we say what up to our friends on samsung tv plus for going ahead and tuning in here and seeing the visuals of our operation femia buffet alongside mike palm the vp of operations here at the circle resort and casino and mike pritchard veason nfl analyst also a former first round pick nearly, played nearly a decade in the national football league also a national champion with the colorado buffaloes in the early 90s hanging out with you guys here breaking. down down the college and NFL slate coming up though in 15 minutes Chad Brown one of Pritch's old buddies in Colorado played 15 years in the NFL he will join us we'll talk about the buffs and we'll talk about the week four NFL slate but gentlemen let's begin this hour number two with the marquee game in the nfl and the marquee game funny enough is in the early window here this week but that's between the miami dolphins and the buffalo bills buffalo a two and a half point favorite over at DraftKings total sitting at 53 and a half we were talking about this during the break this is a tricky one i don't have a bet on this game mm. i don't know how this is going to play out here but it's two teams with super bowl aspirations in western new york i don't have a bet
4: on it either Femi. i'm going to try to watch the game and figure out how good miami is um they certainly have been able to do what they wanted to do offensively. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of stretches against New England, they did it in obviously against Denver and super productive against the Chargers. Uh, You talk about the San Francisco running game, you know, they run a little variation of it with more outside zone, right? Because they want to spread the defense out because if anybody's in the middle in front of Tua, he's too small to throw over. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to clear his, his passing lane. So it'll be interesting. Can they go on the road? It's nice that they get to play this game in September or October and <laughs> yeah. not, it's been in snow and bad conditions the so last couple of times they went up there. So it'll be interesting. I, I just think it'll be a good gauge. I don't have a strong opinion. Even if this game went to three, I, it wouldn't inspire a bet on Miami for me. It's a teaser cart leg for me mm. uh, with Miami. Um, they are good. They're really good. Uh,
5: they're one of the most consistent teams in the league right now. And, and they're, they're evolving. You mentioned a running game. Uh, mcdaniel used to be the run game coordinator at san francisco mm-hmm. uh and okay last year you were waiting for where's the running game with miami yep. now you got it <laughs> and you got it in heavy doses right now so um i i think buffalo defensively uh, is interesting you know von miller's a week away from coming back i believe and, and that'll help them but you know they played the jets with zach Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers. They played the Raiders with uh, Garoppolo, who's trying to figure out this offense again. Uh, And they played the Commanders with Sam Howell, who's inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Now they're playing (laughs) Tua. MVP favorite right now. (laughs) Right. Uh, And, I mean, the Miami Dolphins is a dog situation where I can use them as a teaser. That, that, that is right up my alley. So uh, I like what Vic Fangio is doing defensively without some star power. Uh, and Buffalo, when you look at Josh Allen, he does have the choke gene. <laughs> he really does. Um, and they are more the same. You know, if you're Vic Fangio, okay, Buffalo, yeah, between the 20s, Josh, okay. But what is, what is Vic Fangio's forte? I'm going to stop you in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make things difficult for you in the red zone. You're going to kick field goals, especially with the offense that we have. So uh, that's how I'm looking at the matchup. Um, you know, I, I didn't really – dive in and handicap it yet but uh I, I just just for my preferences uh miami on the teaser leg uh,
3: looks attractive I think the biggest thing for me in this game is is will josh allen be patient Yeah. because we know in these games that they the total is telling you that we might see a shootout we're sitting at 53 and a half mm-hmm. but i think the weather looks like we're in the clear so nothing crazy out there in western new york and the way that vic fangio sort of likes to play offense is like doing that too high look forcing quarterbacks to take the check down, forcing them to stay patient. Will Josh Allen get that itch, that YOLO itch that he likes to scratch from time (laughs) to time to where he just says, you know what, I want a big play, I want to go big game hunting, let's just throw the ball down the field. And sometimes he throws it into traffic and that can lead to the turnovers that we've Mm -hmm. talked about. Like that, to me, feels like a very big component of this game is what is the patience of one Josh Allen? Because mm-hmm. if he plays the way he played the last couple of weeks being patient, then I think Buffalo will have a lot of success. But if he plays like he did Monday night against the New York Jets in week one when right. he was trying to force the ball and trying to be a hero and put the Superman cape on, then Buffalo might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just watching,
5: you know, Tate, you know, Washington had opportunities to score. Sam mm-hmm. Howell just played a horrible football game. Uh, I, I mean, I don't expect Tua to, you know, fall on his butt. Uh, in this game, right? I mean, I, I think <laughs> you mentioned MVP. I mean, the way and how loose they're playing and how easy the game <laughs> is for like these guys fun, because, because you know, they're running the football. I, I think is going to put up a pretty good uh, performance out there.
4: On December 19th, 2020, Buffalo went to Denver to play Vic Fangio's Broncos. I was the head coach, not the defensive right. coordinator. Right.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: They put up 48 points in a mm. victory. Josh Allen threw for three hundred and fifty nine yards, and they rushed for another hundred and seventy against Vic Fangio. Yeah, just throwing that out there as a piece of information. Yeah, that that's,
5: it's he's that success. That that Broncos team <laughs> twenty twenty. Yeah, you're <fine. laughs> we five and nine after that yeah.
3: game. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I want to <laughs> say <laughs> 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 there was a reason why they hired Vic Fangio. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo, I believe, was laying seven that day because okay. I want to I laid it with yeah. Buffalo. You remember. I, I mean, yeah. I remember. Yeah. You got to remember the fun bets, but yeah. you just laid yeah. it and laugh, How can you not remember? Yeah. That was a fun mm-hmm. one watching. That was kind of Buffalo's breakout performance as an mm-hmm. mm-hmm. offense there in Denver. But, uh, Pritch, I want to ask you this, though, mm-hmm. because I've been reading just about stuff about this Kyle Shanahan offense that Mike McDaniel runs, and people have started making the point that there could be something to the Shanahan offense in year two. Because we saw the Atlanta Falcons when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator there. Year one, they showed some signs, but it was like, okay, they're not quite there. Then year two was the year that Matt Ryan won MVP. They go to the Super Bowl, yeah. ultimately give up the 28-3 to lead, but they have a lot of success offensively. That's the year that got Kyle Shanahan his job in San Francisco. But then also in this scheme, year two for the Rams, 2017, McVay takes over, win the division, but they have some warts. Year two, they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is this kind of history repeating itself here with year two McDaniel, the Shanahan offense, implementing it with Tua and the weapons they have down there in Miami make the playoffs the first year? Mm-hmm. But now this year, it really pops there where it's it looks like they're revolutionizing offensive football.
5: Yeah, I mean, go back to Mike Shanahan with Denver, you know, um, year two was the year that they really took off with the offense. Um, year one, you're kind of filling it, filling through. I'll never forget this quote. Uh, John Elway uh, in a huddle. Uh, we got Mike Shanahan's offense. It's like, man, this game is easy mm. with this offense. I'll never forget that as long as I live. That was from John Elway, who had been in the league over a decade at the time, MVP and all this. This game is easy now with this offense. Uh, you know, it you you make things look the same to a defense, but it's different. Uh, if you think about the wide zone concept uh, with San Francisco and what they do, the running back has three options, and he's never wrong. Um, you can burst it on the outside. Uh, you can bend it back if the defense over or you can just bang it up in there and get four or five yards. Don't do anything else. Uh, you know, you might hit your head on a goalpost, though, if you read it right. And McCaffrey is reading it right. Debo is reading it right. Everybody is reading it right, whoever runs the football. Uh, with this offense, Miami doing the same thing now. Uh, with the wide zone scheme, it, it is so hard to defend because it looks so much similar to similar things from a defense, and then your play action off of it. Uh, it is it's simplified. It's but it's easy, especially if you buy into it and if you can execute.
3: Yeah, the, this. you want to say something? Well, I was
4: interesting because you're talking about Elway and the comedy made. Mm-hmm. In the huddle, and when I was on with Amal and Patrick on Sharp Money on Wednesday, Patrick asked me who was the best quarterback of my lifetime. And I said Montana. Mm. And it's not really a Notre Dame bias because I didn't, you know, I watched him at San Francisco. I was young when he was at Notre Dame. But they both said they thought John Elway was the best quarterback of their lifetime. And I made the argument until Shanahan's zone blocking and Terrell Davis, he didn't win anything. right. Right. and they said, "Well, what about Walsh?" And what you know, and then the argument went went down <laughs> both. But it's interesting that you brought that up. How how simple and easy the game was once. It- yeah, I mean, the quote
5: from a, <clears> from a legend <throat> at that time. You know, San Francisco, when they were on top, they ran the ball too. All right. Uh, and very, very well. Sure whether it was yeah, Roger
4: was, Craig yep. had Rathman. Yep. A, and uh, that it was a mall's argument. He had Sammy Winder. You had right you had <laughs> yeah. think,
5: think about Ricky think about Ricky Waters too though. Yeah, uh, Ricky yeah, Waters. You yeah. had a yeah. true halfback and, and <laughs> if you go back to Green Bay days, I'm a historian when it comes to football. Go back to with Paul Horning. Mm-hmm. And he was a halfback, right? Jim Taylor was a fullback running back. But if you have a halfback, then the halfbacks are so hard to cover. Because you're wrong defensively when you're trying to match up. Because mm. you think it's a twenty one personnel, two running backs and a tight end, and all that, but it's really, you know, another wide receiver out there and you got a mismatch. Uh so if you don't have the athletes on the other side of the ball, we can get to so much in our offense because of the halfback aspect of it. Uh and that's what makes this intriguing. Now, Mike Shanahan took it to a different level but with 11 personnel with three wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have a tight end like Shannon Sharp. It's different. George Kittle. It's the same model. Um, and, and it works. And, 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 you know, why try to, why, why try to change it? Uh, and I think Mike McDaniel, who was a ball boy with the Denver Broncos and all this, mm-hmm. he has really taken it to the next level yeah. uh,
4: out there in Miami. It yeah. was a heartfelt Siliqui from a halfback.
5: <laughs>
3: oh, that's right. A-, a star yeah. running back, <laughs> star receiver, yeah. you know? That's yeah. <laughs> it's how we get things done. But, yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to see this game, though, yeah. the Dolphins and the Bills. Like, honestly, if I had to bet it, I think I'd just take Miami Moneyline.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Really?
3: I, I would play the extreme outcome of maybe this team is just so far and away the team of the season to where – I'm not saying that they're going to the Super Bowl, but maybe they're the team of the regular season where maybe it could be valuable to take them in the money line on a coin flip. You like these
4: awards markets. Are you with Michael that Tyreek Hill's the MVP of the NFL? I
3: don't think they're gonna vote from doing MVP. Stormy called it the St. Jude <laughs> bet
4: yesterday. And he got all incensed. He goes, well then just call the quarterback award, Stormy. Just call I, mean, I mean,
3: we kind of do, don't I, we? It
4: is, right. a, it is a quarterback. I, th- I award. think it's the his pro football focus argument. He's not top ten that's leading him into the MVP discussion.
3: <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I would if I, I would agree with Stormy on that. I, I think Office Player of the Year, Tyreek Hill. He's among yeah. the favorites. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I mean it's him and McCaffrey who are the co-favorites, who I think is yeah. right. Those guys are putting crazy numbers here but uh yeah no MVP I would be I would be pretty damn surprised if Tyreek Hill <laughs> wins MVP. Uh not expecting that one. But we are expecting a good game in Western New York Dolphins at the Bills. We're also ex- expecting some expert analysis coming up next Chad Brown, former NFL player played nearly at 15 years in the league. He will join us next to break down the college and NFL slate here on the Lombardi Line.
1: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: This is
2: the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Femi Bebethay, on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Worlds are colliding. We've got a subscription contest going between the shows here at VEASAN, and we need your help to win. Up for grabs is a $1,000 voucher at Circus Sportsbooks to be used on a Super Bowl futures ticket. To sweeten the deal for you, you'll save 40% when you sign up on our football season special and use promo code Lombardi Bragging rights and a $1,000 futures ticket is on the line. Make this football season your best ever and help us do the same. Save 50% off our football season special today when you use promo code Lombardi. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm. Mike Pritchard here on a Football Friday. And joining us now is a gentleman who is very familiar with our buddy Mike Pritch here and also (laughs) went ahead and played 15 years in the NFL. It's the one and only Chad Brown joining us here on the Lombardi Line. Chad, we appreciate you taking the time here this morning. And I want to start off. We'll get to the call out of in a little bit. I know your buddy Pritch will ask you about that one. But I do want to start off in the NFL with a team that you used to play for. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. The Steelers are taking on the Houston Texans later on this weekend. Steelers are two and a half point favorites, total 42 and a half. Are you liking what you're seeing through three weeks here with the black and gold here as they go ahead and uh, have a tricky game on deck here in Houston?
6: I think you got to like, uh, outside that 49ers open to performance, what the defense is doing. Um, but can you pick it? He's still a a work in progress. Your growth as a player, typically your biggest leap becomes between your first and your second year. That's almost for every player, except the quarterback position. I think you make a personal leap in your performance as a quarterback, but defensive coordinators in your division, in your conference, and around the NFL spend time in the offseason getting the book on you. So some of the things that plagued Kenny Pickett in college when he was at Pitt uh, pressure up the middle, he still, still tries to escape out the back of the pocket, he bails too quickly. Those things are still showing up for him, so that he has to find a way to answer in the chess match between himself and defensive coordinators around the league. All right. You played decently as a rookie. We studied your tape. We're now giving you some things. Now you've got to grow to the next level as a player to beat these things we're bringing you. So I think it's going to be a while before Kenny Pickett gets all this figured out. So the Steelers will, I think, you know, as credit to Mike Tomlin, not have a losing season, but Kenny Pickett's still a work in progress? And I'm not sure when he's going to get it.
5: Yeah. I hear you chat on that one. I mean, uh, what's interesting too is the makeup of teams, and uh, I know you cover the Broncos, and, and I'm just curious from your uh, vantage point in terms of what's happening out there in Denver. And certainly, you know, we're looking to bet Denver, I think, or people are looking to back Denver. What, what's what's the psyche of this team? Because you're hearing from players that we're a bunch of losers. Uh, Sean Payton looks like he doesn't have credibility yet uh, with the players in that locker room. I mean, it, it seems like it's is in total disarray, but yet. Uh, they are favorites against the bears who are miserable themselves. And so I just want to get your thoughts on Broncos and uh, present day right now.
6: All right. So for the Broncos, Pritch, it's interesting because there's kind of a, a couple different messages coming out from Broncos headquarters. Uh, you know, they're trying to say the right things. This is a galvanizing moment. We've got confidence in Vance Joseph and Vance Joseph has confidence in us. This is Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan speaking yesterday. Uh, Yet at the same time, you know, they're acknowledging that, you know, all their friends and the family have been texting and calling them and asking if they're okay. Yes. When you get put a 70 burger, put on your NFL, people got to check on you. Like you lost a family member. Like, you know, there's been a death in the family. So uh, uh, they're, they're, they're battling a couple of things. They're battling uh, the, the blow to the confidence and to the ego of that loss last week. Uh, You know, they're, they're battling, the apathy of the fan base here in Denver after so many losing seasons since Peyton Manning's been under center. Uh, but regards this game against Chicago, if you're going to look at, you know, the most critical position on the field, Russell Wilson certainly was a disappointment last year. This year, he does not appear to be the issue that is plaguing the Broncos. And he's playing at a higher level than Justin Fields. You know, Justin Fields, uh, there was a couple of glimpses of hope last year. Uh, I think anybody grabbed that hope This year, their hopes have probably been dashed by the way he's played. Uh, I expect a heavy dose of the run game for Chicago to try to limit what Justin Fields does in the passing game and try to shorten this game against the Broncos. But in the end, if you're going to measure the two quarterbacks, which is generally a pretty good marker of success for an an individual team, Russell Wilson is playing at a higher level than Justin Fields. So unless the Broncos defense has a back-to-back awful performance defensively, I see the Broncos find a way to get their first victory of the season.
3: We're speaking with Chad Brown here, college football and NFL analyst, played 15 years in the NFL, also a two-time Pro Bowler, three-time Pro Bowler, I should say, two-time All-Pro, and uh, played for the Colorado Buffaloes, which we will stay in the state of Colorado here, Chad and ask you about the Colorado Buffaloes who are hosting USC on Saturday. Big noon kickoff is there. Once again, it's a spectacle with the Buffs now taking on the USC Trojans. Well, they're 21 and a half point underdogs last week, a little rough against the Oregon Ducks in Eugene. Do you think Colorado can bounce back and keep this game more competitive than what we saw last week?
6: This is a difficult one. This is a very, very difficult one. I think everyone saw what happened in Oregon, which was really Uh, you know, uh, there was a peak at what was going to happen in that CSU game. CSU was able to run the ball against the Buffs. There were a majority of that game. They were the better offense and defensive line against the Buffaloes. It took a a historic effort from Shador Sanders to pull that game off against CSU out. Now they go and they play Oregon and now the difference in talent up front is remarkably clear. And it's clear that Oregon is far better. USC is also going to be better. Now, i got to give Coach Fireman and his coaching staff a lot of credit. They have outcoached the opposite sideline coaching staff really three out of the last four games outside of Oregon. Now, will that be the case against USC and Lincoln Riley? It seems like an uphill climb, but if they do a pretty good job, I can see playing the under on this one possibly. It's just such an unknown. How do these guys who were embarrassed against Oregon, the offense and defensive lines, the interior for the Buffaloes, how they respond after a week of, uh, coaching, and can they get those mistakes cleaned up enough in time to put together a decent performance against USC. Um, Caleb Williams, the quarterback for USC, the Heisman Trophy winner, he's remarkable. Um, Shadour Sanders is very good. Caleb Williams is actually remarkable. So uh, i got USC definitely with the win, but whether the bus can cover remains to be seen.
4: Chad, I want to go back to the NFL and a big matchup in the AFC North between Baltimore And the Browns, obviously, concerns about Deshaun Watson playing on Sunday. But I want to ask you about this Browns defense, who's been incredibly good through three games, what uh, Jim Schwartz has done coming in here with all this talent. You played for some great defensive coordinators, including Dick LeBeau. How good is this Browns defense this year?
6: This Browns defense is super, super legit. Uh, That wide nine system, that's what they run out in San Francisco. Uh, so Jim Schwartz was, you know, early in an early adapter of this system. A few years back, it allows your edge guys and your defensive line to just get off and get upfield. I did a coaching internship in San Francisco when Robert Sala was the DC D'Amico Ryan's was the linebacker coach. Um, and that defensive line group in San Francisco really propels that defense forward. And it's similar to what they're doing right now in Cleveland. So that wide nine system attacks the offense. It cuts off the edges it allows those defensive linemen to get penetration into the backfield and it sets up those linebackers to clean things up and be successful. And when that defensive line is getting off the rock like that, it also makes it life a little bit easier for those defensive backs. So uh, the, the Ravens will have their work cut out for them and it's going to take a performance, uh, a, vin- a vintage style performance from Lamar Jackson where he makes a few incredible plays with his legs, I think, for them to get out of this one with the win.
5: You know, Chad, I just want to build on that too because um... – you know, when you look at the National Football League now, and it's so much 4 two, 5 so much nickel defenses, uh, and teams are starting to run the football, uh, they feel like they got mismatches, whether it's personnel or formations. As a defense, a player, how difficult is it now to stop the run? I mean, you're mentioning all these different schemes. I mean, uh, are you noticing defenses trying to catch up and trying to stop the run now?
6: I think defensive coordinators are trying to figure out the best way to handle the run game. Obviously, in the NFL you know, it's been talked about as a passing league, but it's always cyclical. You know, there've been years where big receivers were the thing. Then there was small receivers. And then, you know, it always goes in cycles. The, the Patriots had Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, and they went with the double tight end thing and forced people to defend the possible run possibilities with the two tight ends on the field, Then they went, went and threw the ball on them. So there's always going to be this cyclical effect going on. And now with the, I think it's less to do with the defensive coordinators and the X's and O's of the defense and more to do with the lack of padded work during training camp to defend the run. You've got to get your run fits. You got to do physical nine on seven practice and you've got to work on your run sticks. And coaches are so afraid of guys getting hurt. Now, they don't focus on that the way that they used to. And the way college football is played and the way they practice, these guys come into the NFL less with a lesser ability to defend the run just because of the changes in college football. But also, the NFL schedule, the NFL uh, rules, the OTAs, the CBA, all those kind of things don't allow these guys, the individuals, to become great run defenders. Um, So that's why we've seen offenses turn more to this, because they're recognizing that deficiency on the defensive side of the ball.
3: that's that's a great point and football is cyclical and the run game is now back in vogue seeing the teams that are undefeated right now run the ball pretty well he is Chad Brown, former two-time all-pro, three-time pro Pro bowler played 15 years in the NFL NFL and college ball analyst, Chad we appreciate the time as always, be well
6: thanks for having me on guys, I appreciate it,
3: have a good one thank you it's a a lot of what we were talking about in the first hour these teams that run the ball have a big advantage and yep. we're seeing it so far through three weeks in the NFL season. We'll go back to college football and take a look at the futures market as well as some other marquee matchups here on the other side. It's the Lombardi line.
2: This is the Lombardi line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Faye, on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's matchups to walk away an instant winner. It'll be epic. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code VEGAS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code VEGAS. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network, hanging out with you guys. Mike Pritchard on the far end over there. Mike Palm right here in the middle. Femi, Bebby right here on the left side of your screen. Thank you to Chad Brown, who joined us in the last segment. Former NFL player, played 15 years in the league, two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Pro Bowler. Pretty good, and he had some pretty good insights as well Mm -hmm. into the NFL and college football. But let's carry on back to our college football conversation, because we do have a big game over in Ole Miss, LSU is taking on Ole Miss right now. The Tigers, two and a half point road favorites. So uh, a tricky game perhaps here for the LSU Tigers who are coming off of a three straight victories. Total sitting mm-hmm. at 67 and a half. I know this is a game that you have a play on here, Mike and I kind of have a play on it as well.
4: I laid the two and a half. That's also my best bet uh, to reveal uh, when I come on with humans later tonight in the Friday night football mm-hmm. contest. Um, look, I think LSU is more talented on the offensive side of the football than Alabama, and I thought Alabama was very efficient last week against Ole Miss. I actually was a little bit surprised that they won that game as easily as they did. And of course, you know Lane ran his mouth all week, and now Nick's running his mouth about you know it's going to be a much tougher matchup against Mississippi State, a physical team, <laughs> physical team like that. So they have fun in the media, but I I think LSU is much more explosive offensively. Your Heisman guy is going to be able to throw the ball here. I think this is a tough matchup for Ole Miss, even though. Uh, even though the, it's, it's a three o'clock Pacific yeah. start, an odd start time, um, six o'clock Eastern, uh, I like LSU by more than a touchdown in this game, Trish. okay.
5: Close game last week against
4: Arkansas, yep. I believe. Didn't right? cover, LSU, right? didn't cover. Yep. Um,
5: because I, I haven't, I mean, outside that first game against Florida State, they really haven't been tracking LSU, they were a favorite going into the year, a surprise favorite, yes. perhaps, uh, to make a run. Uh, are they putting it together though? I mean, even though with the close game last week, uh, because Ole Miss oh. uh, is interesting to me. Now, I mean, I, I I would agree with you in terms of laying it with LSU better quarterback situation, uh, especially what Ole Miss saw against Bama, but. Uh, I was curious about Ole Miss at home, though, against LSU, or LSU on the road more so. I
4: think he's a letdown spot coming out of Tuscaloosa, I mean, too, with all yeah. that hype. And you were only, you were less than a touchdown yeah. dog, and you only scored one touchdown against okay. Alabama. I thought LSU was very impressive against Mississippi State. I mean, if we're yeah. talking about their season. And mm-hmm. remember, they led that game at halftime against Florida State, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Florida State, things kind of went downhill, right. and they couldn't get it corrected. And we see Florida State still un- undefeated, top-five team. and probably going to run out the table in the ACC and has a good shot to be in the in the playoff I
3: think is there an uh, argument to be made that LSU is the best team of the SEC
4: yes okay I I you know I it, you're going to come down to LSU uh and Alabama in the west and obviously Georgia in the yeah. east I still don't know if we've seen enough of Georgia you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. they were kind of sluggish for a half against South Carolina looked much mm-hmm. better in the second half now they get Auburn which is another game we might talk about who's just that's the first bad pick I made in that contest. I took Auburn in the 8 at AM. God, they cannot throw the football yeah. at all. They that's really tough. I thought Hugh Freeze would have some more semblance of an offense and now they have to play Georgia. I know it's a Jordan air, but they're going to be pr- hard pressed to move the ball against Georgia. So um, I know that uh, I know Dustin Sweetelson who's a Mall's producer, Mall Shaw sure stopped by on the break, mm-hmm. sharp money that follows this show on yep. Vsin. Uh, he took LSU at four to one this week okay. to win the SEC. Okay. <laughs> I,
3: I kinda, based yeah. on what we've seen, like, like, you, like you, like Georgia, we haven't seen a ton. I haven't watched a lot of Georgia because a lot of their games have been big spread games mm. against lesser than opponents, mm. but they, they don't look like as dominant as they looked over the past couple years. And, and with that, like you mentioned it here and I'll, tell the people that i went ahead and bet on jaden daniels to win the Mm. heisman trophy uh Mm. behind us right here hanging 30 to 1 so i I was like let me get a piece of that add to the portfolio so we have bo Uh nix that was our bet last week to win the heisman and uh bo nix's price went from that 25 to 1 at draftkings to now 10 to 1 (laughs) at draftkings i'll let you guys read into that one uh but (laughs) (laughs) jaden daniels is the bet for me here at 30 to 1 and this is with my heisman bets i'm kind of sort of letting the market kind of dictate where we go with this one last week bo nix Going up against Colorado, high total in the 70s. This week, Jaden Daniels against Mississippi, another high total, 67 and a half. I think a lot of points will be expected. Daniels is actually fifth in the nation in passing. So, <laughs> so he's an efficient passer. He also can give you stuff on the ground game as well. I think this LSU team is college football playoff good. Mm-hmm. And if he leads them to the CFP, I think he'll be in the mix there definitely. As his price has also moved from 22 to 1 to 18 to 1 after last
5: More week. competitive conference, SEC or the Pac-12? I think the Pac-12 is the best conference in the, in the country.
3: hmm my opinion.
5: What's
4: defined competitive?
5: The well, teams are cl- closest together? Yeah, I mean you think about the middle of the pack teams
4: and the package. Well, 12. they got seven, eight, nine, ten, yeah. Washington State. I, I mean it's unbelievable, right? Okay, but what have
5: we heard from the SEC? Oh, you gotta run the gauntlet. Yeah. And we always yeah. heard that, right? And yeah, so ain't here's ain't no gauntlet out there. There's no gauntlet. There never has been. <laughs> nope. There's been three teams. And one of them's on a rotation as L S U. Yeah. There's been two right. teams. Yeah. Um but they they <laughs> always hype themselves up at the gauntlet okay. because Okay, you do have uh, Ole Miss. You do have Missouri, (laughs) who's ranked, right? Uh, Then you have Auburn, and then you get into Alabama and Florida (laughs) looking at LSU. (laughs) For Femi's Heisman Trophy bet, though, like the hype of the gauntlet of the SEC versus the hype uh, and Bodacious, they're calling Bodacious the, now, right? Bodacious, uh, out the there. campaign's underway. Sure, sure, out there in the Pac-12. <laughs> he
4: looks <sick>. I know. <laughs> they always do this. They, they they put all this money into it. They had, what, Arrington on the side? out there in They did, they did.
5: That was Bo Nix. Bodacious. I know, right? You never heard you did that? They have the t-shirts are out there. Dan Lanning was wearing one, I believe, on Sunday
2: or Monday. I know. Here we go.
3: Another lightning ride. He, he, likes he loves yeah. the microphone, doesn't so, he? Oh, yes. <laughs> he definitely does. Uh, the Heisman market right now, Michael Penix Jr., the Washington mm-hmm. Huskies, who I love. Husky Do you agree fan.
4: with that, that he should be favored over Caleb? No, I don't I, think I so. I don't Caleb. agree yeah. with that, even though <laughs> his so. numbers right now are better, no. are better than what Burrow had
3: that national yeah, championship. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly efficient, how good they've been so far. Which I, I mean, This market, I think, is very reactionary yeah. to what we've seen thus far, but... I feel like the Heisman market should be more so projecting what we're going to see because mm-hmm. the Heisman, yeah, people have their opinions right now. But the voting's not decided until December. Like, right. what is this going to look like when we're four or five games into conference mm-hmm. play? And the Pac-12, maybe. It, I mean, the Passes 12 has a propensity to beat up on themselves. Like, Washington has a massive game against Oregon coming mm-hmm. up next weekend in Seattle. As a Husky fan, I'm not confident based on what I've seen from the Husky defense. The offense can go score for score, but I think it's going to be a coin flip game there. Big game in the Heisman market, clearly. Yeah. But uh, I, I do think Washington is a good team. I don't know if they're CFP good, though. I still have questions in that regard. With that said, they are going to be in Tucson tomorrow night. A little Pac 12 after dark. 18 and a half point favorites, total 66. I know this is a game that you were interested in.
4: Well, because I think the Arizona quarterback's going to be out, right? Deloria? DeLore. And I, I think that they will be very, they will struggle. He creates all their yeah. offense. And so I take a hard look at Washington. I know in, this, in the series history, they have not done well laying points on the road and double digits. Mm-hmm. And especially, especially at Arizona. In, <laughs> yeah, in Tucson, it's been bad for them. It's been a, a, a house of nightmares for them, huh? like, like Soldier Field is for Kirk Cousins. But um, I, I lean Washington here just because yeah. I think Arizona will not put up that many points. Uh, without the quarterback. That quarterback creates with his legs and his arms.
5: Right. And the quarterback mm-hmm. makes all the difference yeah. in the world in college football um, from a playmaking standpoint, right? Uh, and, and that's a tremendous drop off not to have that guy out there. And, you know, Washington, for whatever they are right now, they are explosive offensively. Yeah. Now, now what's the number now? Is it 21?
3: Is it 18? No, it's no, 18. Oh, it's, it's 18. Still, yeah, it's, it's it's 18. Sh- <laughs> yeah. I mean, Washington, I would lay that we watch Yeah. 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 I, I, I've, just, I've seen too many struggles in the state of Tucson's, but Tempe, they haven't won in Tempe since like 2001. It is mm-hmm. like that state. They, they go down there and they happens. can't score. They throw four interceptions. It's it's strange. Weird stuff mm-hmm. happens. So as a Husky fan, I mean yeah. like, I think they're gonna win the game, yeah. but I think it's gonna be a little, yeah. little nerve wracking. I'm hoping that they cover though for mm-hmm. your bet. At least hopefully yeah. it's a no sweater and we don't have to stay mm-hmm. up until eleven o'clock to watch it. Uh <laughs> Michigan and Nebraska, another game that you have to play on in Lincoln. The Wolverines, eighteen point favorites with a total of thirty nine and a half. So big spread low total. What do you think in this game with Michigan, who might be the I, best team I, in the country? I really ended, ended up laying
4: seventeen. I and I and and I was torn between under 39. I don't know that Nebraska like I said last week Iowa I didn't think Iowa could get to 10 against Penn State. Yeah. I don't know at home that Nebraska can get to 10 yeah. against Michigan and Michigan they have these long drives they limit possession yeah. these are nine and 10 possession games with Michigan. I mean this game very easily a 24 28 31 to 7 9 10 type mm-hmm. of game. I laid the 17 here and I took to 24 in a hook. Last Man. week with Rutgers, and I needed every inch of it, even though the game was <laughs> 7-7 with a minute left in the first half.
5: Yeah, you know, <laughs> Nebraska, they don't have a quarterback.
4: No. no. Uh, oh, a, he's, <laughs> he was bad at Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah. Right,
5: right. And he's banged up, too. But, I mean, even the other guy that they had in there, he's, I think he's banged up, too. So the offense, uh, they're sophisticated defensively, but not not sophisticated to slow down Michigan. All right? I mean, I, Harbaugh back and Michigan, they're trying to rev it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think they destroyed Nebraska.
3: Who's the best team in the country?
4: Ooh, that's a great question. Um, My my answer is I don't know yet. (laughs) I don't know either. I don't know yet. Yeah.
5: Which I love that about college football. I love that. Usually
3: it's just, oh, we already know. But yeah, Mm -hmm. the the parody might be the the story of this college football season, which Mm -hmm. would make for a hell of a college football season. All right, we'll wrap up the show on the other side. Running down the NFL board, giving our final thoughts here on the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network.
1: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Femiya Bebethay, on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Hey, get this, guys. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. Become a V-CIN Pro subscriber and get our all new NHL betting guide featuring previews for all 32 teams, futures bets, award picks, and season long props, first period betting strategies, Steve Mackinnon's power ratings plus best bets articles five days a week once the season starts. This guide is a must have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get the v NHL betting guide by becoming a V-CIN Pro subscriber at v slash subscribe. Uh, I was searching through my guide last night, and I saw preseason hockey. Oh, they're playing it already. Oh, yeah. The they're, Knights, they're ready to Kings, roll. a dirty hit
4: on Stone the other night. It was, it was, <laughs> it's already a storyline. Did yeah. you see Johnny Lazarus? He was on that wrote the guide. He's our new hockey expert. He was on with Mitch yeah. and Paul yesterday. Nice. Had a nice hit from New York City. So there look forward to to delving into the guide this year. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. No, the Golden He's, Knights will see if they can pre-
4: repeat. He predicted it's it. will the cup will return to Canada. He said it's either the Maple <gasps> Leafs or or the Oilers. So it's been
3: a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Ninety-three. Yeah. Ninety-three. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cup is hanging out here in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Come get it. Uh, <laughs> this is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network here, Family Buffet, <laughs> Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard. Let's go down some of these NFL games that we have yet to hit here, and I want to start down in Big D Jerry World, where it's Ezekiel Elliott's return to AT&T Stadium, Patriots taking on the Cowboys, Cowboys six and a half point favorites, total 43 and a half. We discussed Dallas's run defense woes earlier in the first hour. Do you think that they creep up once again here against a solid running team here in the New England Patriots?
4: Well, they ran the ball against the Jets, but mm. the, the first few weeks they were not able to run the football just because the line wasn't wasn't uh, run blocking very well. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I, I haven't bet with my own money this game, but this is going to be one of my plays in humans contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, i took the six and a half yeah. here i, I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a close game i think cowboys are still trying to find themselves i think obviously the patriots are much more competent offensively than the jets were uh and you know let's let's be real the jets defense while we thought after week one with buffalo and they won that game this is a top five top six they haven't really performed as a top 10 10 defense yet i think that Belichick will be able to run the ball here. I think he'll be able to control the game. Dak's going to have to make plays Mm -hmm. in the passing game, and we'll see if he can. But I think this is a a one-possession game, but probably a field goal game. So I took six and a half.
5: Yeah, I look at it as a possession game, too. (laughs) I mean, mean, defensively, New England is everything you would like Mm -hmm. on a matchup like this when Dallas is still trying to figure it out uh, offensively. Um, You know, offensive line issues a little bit in terms of injuries or inconsistent play. Uh, for the Cowboys, but then the biggest question mark is Dak Prescott uh, and his ability to be on the same page with McCarthy. You know, is that going to happen? You know, no run in the preseason. What what are we seeing with with teams with new offenses or or coordinator situations or play caller situations? I mean, they stumble at times. They're not consistent. Uh, Defensively, you know, Dallas, they'll buckle up the chin strap and try to stop the run, right? Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, I, I, I like the defense situation in this game, uh, the matchup and certainly that favors the points. Taking the points here with New
3: England, I actually think this sets up to be a perfect in game betting sort of game mm. because if New England controls the game and controls the tempo like you think they will. I think that you could fire in maybe some potential New England money line bets there in game if they're still an underdog. Mm. But if Dallas jumps on them, because of New England's inability to create explosive plays, if Dallas jumps on them, I think that this is Cowboys' runaway victory here. Like This sort of like whoever is mm. able to kind of grab control of the game early I think can actually go ahead and dictate the game throughout the course of this whole fourth quarter and then maybe it's Patriots money line or you lay nine and a half, ten and a half of the Dallas Cowboys. Because if Mac Jones is behind that offensive line having to go ahead and block and he's down multiple scores in the second half, I don't thing new england has the horses to get back into a football game
4: it's interesting yeah. i've felt for a long time dallas is a good front running team they are. with the lead they can run the ball mm-hmm. and then play complimentary to their defense mm-hmm. you saw last week they get down two scores and they could never generate well they could never get enough stops yeah. yeah but they could never generate to get back into that game to get it to be a one possession game even uh so that's an interesting take on uh, an in-game scenario
3: yeah in-game it mm-hmm. and i'll just sweat it as a cowboys fan mm-hmm <laughs> Hopefully it goes well. Uh, Bengals at the Titans. This one, I feel like these teams play every single year. Uh, the Bengals right now, two and a half point road favorites, total 41. Joe Burrow didn't aggravate the calf Monday night. Sounds like it should be better than what we last saw. But are you confident enough in the calf to lay two and a half on the road?
4: I'm not. I stayed away. I looked at this game for a long time too, Pritch. Yeah. And, and I decided to pass on it. It's kind of a spot where Vrabel will sneak up and beat you in a game like this. Um, but after that performer, I mean, they just got manhandled. This, we talked about that game when you said, "Crown, you're going to crown him." You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, blue, <laughs> a blue-collar game. I right? thought it was going to be a fistfight, but they, but they physically dominated. Yeah, they t- did t- Tennessee, and Tennessee's not very good in the secondary, mm-hmm. so that's where I feel Burrow can take advantage of them. But I'm, I, I, I want to lay it well, well. It's less than a field goal, but I haven't done it. I'm going to lay it because I'm,
5: I'm looking for Cincinnati to finally explode. Uh, I believe it's smoke and mirrors, David Copperfield time in Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, think about it, the makeup of this team. I mean, Tannehill rumors or no rumors, right? Mm-hmm. But they've drafted quarterback last couple of years. Uh, they're not explosive from a wide receiver standpoint. Derek Henry is not explosive anymore as a running back. Uh, the offensive line is nowhere where it used to be when they were an AFC uh, number one seed uh, at that point. Uh, and then defensively too, banged up all over the place. So I thought they were going to have a fist fight against Cleveland. That didn't show up. Uh, you know, at home, it could be different. But uh, Cincinnati plays well on the road. Uh, I, they have uh, over, the, over the last few years. And, and I think it's time for them to kind of rev up that offense now.
4: I intertwine these two teams because it's that game when they were the one seed oh. and Tannehill threw the three interceptions. Oh. Mm-hmm after they beat the Raiders in that kind of crazy wild card game right. with the whistle out of bounds and all this and that. And the Raiders had the drive at the end of the game. This has really propelled Cincinnati into the AFC royalty. Let's yeah. face it. Yeah. The last few years, it's Chiefs and Cincinnati. Those are the clearly the two best teams. And it was off that game that they lost as the number one seed at home, Tennessee. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep, we, we talked about remembering the Broncos-Bills game from 2020. Uh, that is this, this, I remember laying two and a half with the Titans in the game closing four and Hill throwing three interceptions. I, that is one I definitely remember. Uh, we try not to, but hey, what can you do? Uh, let's keep it moving, though, here with the Commanders and the Eagles. Mm. Right now, Philadelphia is a nine-point favorite, total sitting at 43 here. Are the Eagles back? Because that's what the market's indicating here.
6: Well,
4: I don't know if they put a complete game together. They played awfully well in Tampa, but I think that game took a lot of that was hot and humid on Monday <laughs> night yeah. coming mm-hmm. off it a short raining. a short week and, and they've had kind of a tough schedule here, the Eagles. I think this team's a little nicked and tired and remember it was the commanders that gave them the first loss last year on mm-hmm. Monday night. I think it's a, a safe survivor play yeah. if you want to look at it. Mm. But I actually like the commanders with eight and a half in this game.
5: Whew, I'm staying away from it, yeah. but it is mm-hmm. a safe survivor play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to map it out mm-hmm. like I've done. <laughs> um, Christmas Day comes into mind, really, mm-hmm. with the Eagles. But yeah. uh, there's some other options, certainly, uh, at mm-hmm. that point. But, you know, uh, the Eagles, <sighs> the reason why I didn't bet them last week was because I wasn't, I had questions whether they're going to be consistent. Like, they haven't really turned the corner yet. Uh, now it kind of feels like they have. Uh, they're figuring out two coordinators now, right, mm. offensive and defensively. Uh, and that I think that has settled in. Uh, and, you know, in that game against Tampa, they started to look comfortable uh, that way, certainly communication and execution. So uh, it's a good football team. I, I think Sam Howell uh, is inconsistent. Uh, they need to run the ball more. Eric needs to got more run plays uh, if they can. But then it's, what's baffling to me uh, about Washington is the fact that Del Rio does not get any heat
3: on that defense. <laughs> guy's Teflon. He
5: is. He is. I mean, how many first-rounders do they have in that defensive front? Four. Right. Uh, and, and it's like they <laughs> underachieve each and every week. And, and so it's like I know why he's protect, He's Teflon, because him and Rivera are boys, right? And, mm. and I get that. Those linebackers stick together. But um, he's his off his defenses, man, uh, and and can he come up with anything? And I know what you said about them beating the Eagles, but if the Eagles are executing, that's going to be a tough road for for Washington.
3: Yeah, I bet Washington in this game, and, and mm-hmm. the, the market says yeah. get out of here because yeah. now we're seeing a nine and a half. Where we're sitting at circa totals at nine, or mm-hmm. sorry, the the consensus is at nine here. But I I bet plus eight and a half, and call me crazy. I also sprinkled a little bit on the money line. <laughs> I, I, I sprinkled a little bit on the money line here. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I still think there are concerns with Philadelphia. Really? Which one? Uh, where, where are they I, at? Offensively. Offensively? With their quarterback? I, 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 I think the quarterback Running is fine. Game? I think the OC is a problem. Mm-hmm. Brian, Johnson, yeah. Brian Johnson, the coordinator. Yeah. I don't like what they're doing. Yeah. And in the high leverage spots, like they haven't been that good. I mean, we saw the fourth and two against mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. They try to run that read option. The Buccaneers go ahead and stop it. And yeah, the defense, the defensive line scares me in this game because it's Howell taking sacks against Jalen Carter and the Avengers of the Philadelphia Eagles. But I don't think offensively Philadelphia is good enough to go ahead and run away with this game. Like, I still have question marks. The Eagles haven't put a game together. Maybe this is the day that they do it, but they Mm -hmm. haven't put a game together at all this season. I think we're going to come out of this saying that Philadelphia, mm, I'm not sure. I, I think the Niners are on a tier above yeah. everyone else in the NFC right now. And then the Eagles are closer to the Cowboys than they are to the 49ers. I don't think it's a good spot for the Eagles.
4: Short week and the humidity. and they're, mm-hmm. they're, I, yeah. I think it's a good spot for taking more than a touchdown. So. 100%. But I'm concerned the last time you sprinkled a little on the money line, it was on the Giants on the opening <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> hey,
3: that, was, <laughs> that was three and a half. We did <laughs> need the commanders to stay within a touchdown. Yeah. We didn't need them to stay within a touchdown. That does it for us here on a football <laughs> Friday on the Lombardi line for Mike Paul. For Mike Pritchard, for our producer Elliot Bowman, the entire crew behind the glass. I'm Femi Benfei wishing you guys the best of luck. Sharp money is coming up next here on the Sports Betting Network.
0: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is